Uh, <clears throat> my name is Asher Griffith, Director of Support and Live Feed on Happy Hour, and I'll be taking care of you this evening. I'll have an old fashioned. And right now, we're having our first annual Carnival membership drive in order to drum up support from loyal listeners like you so that we can keep the wheels turning and move the show forward. Bourbon. You can pledge your support for Happy Hour at patreon.com slash it's New Orleans Happy Hour. Even as little as a dollar a month means the world to us. Think about it. For the cost of your cocktail, you could support Happy Hour for a whole year. Rocks. Bourbon Old Fashioned on the rocks coming right up. That's uh, patreon.com slash it's New Orleans Happy Hour to pledge your support. Thanks. No, thank you. Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than that, we're all New Orleans in a bar today. We're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they have a four-hour happy hour here every single day of the week, from Monday to Friday, and a brunch on the weekends during happy hour here. Everything's half price. The drinks are half price, and the bar food is half price as well. Before we get started, let me tell you what's going on. Um, there's a, a, what is this thing called, you guys? There's a David Bowie Burlesque tribute show at One Eye Jacks on Saturday night. Did you know about that, Renee? I did. I, I know uh, the guy's playing drums, uh, Eric Bolivar. Okay. Yes. Is he any drummer. good? Is he a good drummer? He's a fantastic okay. drummer. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of interesting people doing this thing. Were you invited to be in it? Um, no, I actually played on a, a Bowie tribute uh, that... Carlo Nucio uh, organized a couple of years ago, okay. and Eric played on that as well, but that had a uh, huge cast uh, of, of people. It was wonderful. Um, Hang on, if you're you wondering know, who this is, this is Renee Coleman, who's yes. the bass player, and the Iguanas, yes, among uh, other attributes. Greetings, Troubled Nation. Yeah, and he's the host of the co-host of the Troubled Men podcast. Yes, Troubled Men podcast. We'll get on to that in a minute. And also, Owen Lejean is here. Who's uh, one of the Jingle Boys? One of the Jingle Boys. Yeah. Also one of the uh, bare-handed bare-handed. It's a mouthful on purpose. Yeah. It is hard to say that, and one of one of the great online video comedy troops. Well, I don't know whether people of New Orleans, in New Orleans. Least, yeah. I think. Well, you guys are on Funny or Die, right? That's which true. is which is a pretty big national deal. Yeah. It's the Will Ferrell. We've gotten out of New Orleans a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You've got thousands and tens of thousands of people watching these videos of yours. <laughs> I'm very, related to half they're of very them. funny. Anyway, yeah. so if you've never heard of Owen, Owen's going to hear from uh, from the bare handed. What is it? Bare handed, bare handed. Yeah. How'd you come up with that name? Um, so my buddy Dave, that started it with me, we were freestyle rapping one night, and uh, I believe the line was, "Fuck a chair, bare handed, bare handler. My ass is something like I'm spinning on. No, my ass is smooth like I'm sitting on a sander." And I was like, that's dope. We should call that the group. And that's how our group started. That's how, So say those lines again. Okay, let me do this. is like 10 years ago when I came up with it. Uh, fuck a chair, barehanded, barehandler. My ass is smooth like I was sitting on a sander. And what drugs were you guys on when you came up with it? All of them. Yeah. Everything at the same Everything. time? Everything, yeah. That's very impressive. Not though. anymore, though. I don't Can you I'm... still do freestyle rapping? Oh, yeah. Can you, you just at the drop of a hat do one any old time that we... Someone summons you up? Let's call, call back to me at like minute 40 and we'll do it. Okay. I'll write that down. How many beers do you need to do that? Uh, half. I'm already there. Oh, right. Okay. All right. And Kate Becker is here as well. Hey, Kate. Hello. So Kate is an ecstatic here. dancer. That's true. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Is the, is the word ecstatic correct? It is. Yeah. And people use that word for all kinds of things. Ecstatic voice, ecstatic body, and ecstatic breath. So and those are the well, three arms. Say it again. Ecstatic voice, ecstatic body. And ecstatic breath. Yes. Are you involved in all of those? Yes. Well, they weave in and out of each other. So the main, the backbone of my work is therapeutic breath work. That's really heavy-duty breathing. It's body-based trauma therapy. So anything from excessive and really limiting trauma to being unsatisfied for all kinds of reasons, having trouble sleeping, you know, a lot of people that have addiction or anxiety or things like that. So we use this breathing process to get at the cellular trauma. So we know that from all kinds of trauma research that it's not enough to do mental cognitive therapy, that we need to include the repressed trauma in the body. 
So that's kind of the avenue. And the voice and the body. Are you a trained therapist? In therapeutic breathwork. But you, you didn't come through school and get a degree in psychology no. and a clinical no, psychologist. No, body, body, body. So you based. just sort yeah. of came up with this whole crazy idea. No, no, no. I've got excellent teachers. Yeah. So who did you, you learn from? You make it up on your own. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I was kind of on this track anyway, and then I fell into breathwork, and it really just blew my whole world open. I've been on this long trajectory of wellness, and yet what I was coming up against is that people are you know, going through the same cycles of limitation over and over and over again. And really, this was the first practice that I was involved in that really was like getting to the root of what was going on and but really what, shifting what stuff. Is, what is this tradition? Where does this come from? <sighs> if it's not, okay. psych- it's not psychology take, and it's I'm not... Take a bit. Well, there's an aspect of psychology to it. It's, you can use this work in tandem with other modalities. But really where it's coming from is trauma research combined with people doing consciousness research. I mean, the grandfather really is Stanislav Grof and kind of the psychedelic people. Stanislav Goff. Is that someone's real name? Yeah. That's yeah. a good name for freestyle rapper right there, Stanislav Goff. You can throw that in. What does he look like, Stanislav Goff? I'm going to have to write that down. Well, he was Shoot. a handsome guy in his day. He's, he's getting up there, but he's still... Is Goff G-O-U-G-H? It's what? Still with us, though. Yes, he is he still is. with okay. us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and still working and still doing breath work. Okay. Full of vitality. So he came up with this idea. Well, the consciousness studies that they were doing and they were finding, it has all these amazing psychological benefits to it. But they were kind of cut off from using hallucinogenics, which is how it began. Ah, now we're and talking. Okay. So That's how it all began, with hallucinogenics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. where the word... Come on, Renee. Well, go, it's it's go consciousness on. studies. <laughs> so does this go back to uh, Timothy Leary and all of that yes. uh, research? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is we're talking in the 70s, and this is what what people were calling it then as rebirthing. Anyway, so there was all this money for consciousness-based research, but in the United States, where these guys were getting pulled into and so much interest, you couldn't use the drugs. So they needed to find a way, and they did tons of research in indigenous communities all over the world where people were achieving altered consciousness without using hallucinogens. And Mm -hmm. we know this. You know, there's you move. So this is how to get high. Without drugs, this is what you're saying. That's definitely. Well, this would be a great service you would do to the whole world if you could focus up with that. I know. This is why I leap around to talk about it because people are like, they do this process, and they're like, "Holy shit! I had no idea that I could reach that kind of state of healing, vulnerability, expressiveness, really connect to myself using my breath." I mean, it blows people's minds. Can you have sex while you're fucked up like this on breath? Uh, People do it already. Some sort of tantra. Yeah. They do. There is a system. There's a way to use what you know and what you've experienced in the breath absolutely in a sexual capacity. And it's, you know, it, okay, it well, really, truly is tantra. And is it called fucked up the same as when you do drugs? Like, or has it got a more appealing sort of ter- therapeutic it, name? It, ecstatic. Oh, <laughs> ecstatic. I mean, really, it's altered consciousness. Okay. So it's, it's altered consciousness with the component of a lot of vitality. So you have energy coursing through your body, but it's your energy. You're not taking off your own roadmap. You know, you you have right. consciousness with you the whole time. Thomas. Grant, I just love that, like, uh, she's pitching this idea of consciousness, and the first question out of your mouth is, how can I use it for sex? Yeah, well, yeah this is I what like that, I, too. No, first that, that, that was the like idea. Drugs, you know. That's what most people Hashtag are. Hashtag me, too. That's what, <laughs> that's what we were all doing drugs for back in the day, was to have more fun. Yes, well, yes. It sure. wasn't to cure, you know, Timothy Leary was talking about it as a science, as a way to, to come up with some sort of a, you know, way you're the about. doors, man. You know? Yeah, but exactly. most people you just... only did totally. drugs back then, just to bang each other on them? That was, that was Mostly. It. I mean, there were people who were doing, like, you know, to try and get to a different place, like Timothy Leary, but most people were just doing it for basic recreation like we are today. Well, right. what else are we talking about when we're talking about wellness and vitality and connecting and all these things, which are groovy words, which you can say in certain circles, but really, when you talk about coming out of who you are and having an ecstatic state, I mean, we're, we are talking about having a great time. We're talking about enjoying who we are and our life, and that, that shit gets way out there. So people being liberated from all the stuff that binds them and keeps them separate from their potential is like a huge party. We get to experience and explore what we really are. Does the, the name Wim Hof mean anything? Do you, know, you know who that guy is? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. There's a is whole that, Wim Hof school of breathwork. Is that 
Yes. Is that close to what you do? Or? So there's an umbrella of breathwork schools and schools of thought and things that are, and this is emerging. I mean, this is new-ish. Okay. You know, the, We're on the cutting edge here in Happy Hours. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So Wim Hof is one of those schools. Okay. And he's a total basket case, an amazing yeah, he, breath he's worker. A, he's a wild guy. Amazing breath worker. <laughs> Can I mean, you guys God. explain who Wim Hof is before you go off on yeah, this? I have no, I have sure. no idea. So who Wim is. Hof is a breath worker who, he, he does a lot of breath retention. So he'll get you breathing really, really fast, and then he'll have you hold your breath either in or out, which, you know, causes different physiological responses in the body and and neurological responses in the body, but he also works with temperature. So this dude Mm. works with athletes on a really, really high level. So he'll have you in freezing water and in hot water, which we use in therapeutic breath work also, temperature gauge and control. But he's just a little bit more, I mean, he's eccentric. But he'll he'll like go... climb mountains in freezing conditions and, and just use that, that kind of yes. breath work to, and, and do it without oxygen, yeah. right? Yeah, so he's called the Iceman. So okay. he has retrained <laughs> his body to okay. the extreme using the breath. And that tells us all kinds of things, you know, on top of him just being an eccentric and well, How different is this to, to like Indian guru type people who are doing the sitting on mountains and being able to control their breathing and their heart rate and so on? Well, you it's, don't need a mountain. And it's also... Is it related to that, though, to this Hindu tradition? There are similarities because it's the breath. There's always going to be similarities. But what's exciting about this work is that we can talk about it now in a way that's really accessible. So we can talk about, like I just said, the, the, the neurological and the physiological, along with the, the mental and emotional aspects of the work. So it can be in a, in a format where you're using a specifically, it's honed. You know, that's, that's right. kind of the difference. So there is always going to be some sort of mysterious component to it. It's a huge experience that includes all of the layers of oneself. So you can talk about it scientifically, you can talk about it spiritually, you can talk about it, you know, in through avenues of different religions. Anyone using breath is going to experience this, some aspects of this kind of liberation. Oh, and do you know anything about this? Absolutely nothing. Zero. I barely breathe myself. You are breathing. <laughs> yeah. Barely breathing. Oh, my God. Oh, you're blowing my mind. I really didn't okay, know that well, you, you know, could breathe I mean, without oxygen. But freestyle, like what you're talking about, freestyle rapping and doing the creative work yeah. that you do. So what do you get into the zone, right? When you're, you when you're doing that kind of work, you don't think about it. So you're, the energy's moving in your body. You don't have all the mental, cognitive kind of stuff getting in the way. Being in the zone, like you'd say with an athlete, or you know, is, is part of what we achieve in this work. And it's because we're moving our brain's activity from the frontal cortex, where we have all this opinion and judgment, back into the limbic system, where we're like in our emotional body. Yes. It's uninhibited. That's why it's altered state. You, you know, there's this thing that, that I've, I've noticed and consistently happens to me before I play a gig. You know, it's like I, I know unconsciously, my body knows unconsciously, like, you know, that I'm preparing for this. I will start yawning. Um, yeah. Like you know, half an hour before, and I've I've been I've that, like in, in backstage, and yeah. people are going, "Oh, you guys are tired." And I'm like, "No, this is not yeah. yawning from it's you're oxygenating your blood, right?" Oh, your body knows. Yeah, your yeah. body knows, and none of this is new. It's just that we've learned how to hone it, figure out what works best, what breath pattern works best, and how to support people, and we've turned it into a really, really effective practice. Okay. So, Renee, have you done any sort of self-discovery type work over all these years you've been in? Well, I hope so at this point. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done? I mean, how do you know about Wim Hof, for example? Oh, you know, I'm I'm a curious guy, you know. uh, um, You are? Yeah, you know, it's uh, try to pick stuff up. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually heard him on a podcast and was fascinated by it. And my son's an athlete, and, uh, you know, I was trying to get him to listen, of course. You know, sometimes it takes, you know, you got to tell him two or three times, but... uh, did he listen to you in the end and listen to Wim um, Hof? No, with no, he hasn't done any Wim Hof work. Uh, you know, he's he's a lot of a boy. You know. How did you get well from <laughs> How did you get from being a musician to starting this podcast? Um, what well, made you think of that? I, I was I was a fan of podcasts and, and uh, I love them because they make me feel less lonely. They keep me company, and so you know, I, I start off listening to like. Uh, Dan Carlin, Hardcore History Podcast. That guy's a monster. I incredible. like the Hardcore History Podcast. So great, man. He'll So Dan Carlin will do like uh, five five-hour shows on the Mongol Empire. Right. You know? What <laughs> so did you like, do to get over your loneliness before podcasts came out? 
I don't know, you know. Um, he wasn't lonely when he was younger, right? It's tough. Well, no, actually, I think I've thought about this. And, and I, the first six years of my life, I was an only child, and I was desperately lonely. And I, I, don't, I don't think I really got over that. You remember that? You remember oh, the first totally. Six years? Oh, Do you I, remember the first six years of your life, Owen? I'm uh, 30 years old, and I'm still an only child, so I don't know if that's <laughs> supposed to mean something. Do you wow. feel lonely? Not with you guys. You guys are right here. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, oh, yeah. No. Do you remember your early childhood, even through your, your uh, birth? Really patchy. Yeah, really me too. Patchy. Most people don't remember the first six. I mean, maybe they might remember like when they're five and six or something. But no, I remember. You vividly remember I, being. I, I remember being three. Yeah, I remember a lot of. And stuff. And this was in me. Haiti where you started out. No, no, no. That's my family. That was two hundred years ago. Uh, no, we were, we were we've been in New Orleans for two hundred years. That's oh, what so I'm saying. They oh. came they came here from Haiti. Not not my. Oh, I thought parents you family. came here from Haiti. No, I said two hundred years okay, ago. Okay, so this is the, yeah, this yeah. is the information in I've got. Life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Came to New Orleans in 1798 from Haiti. Oh, I see. That yeah, wasn't that, you. That was not me. That was no, someone no, else. Not a vampire. Oh, so you uh, were <laughs> not yet. So anyway. you were born here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your family came here in 1798. Yeah, yeah. What did they look like? I have no. I don't have any photographs of them. It's. Uh, I don't think they were taking photographs at that point. In 1798. Or, or, or drawings. Uh, I think photography was developed in the 1800s. Right. Right. Okay. Okay, so you were born here in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Every my my parents were born here. My grandparents were born here. They've. When where were you born? What part of the city did you? Um, grow? actually, I was born just right down the street at Baptist Hospital. But uh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, we lived on uh, Franklin Avenue and uh, and North Miro. And your so, overwhelming sensation of your childhood for the first six years was loneliness. That's pretty sad. Well, no, no, no. I so see why my, you're a my, my parents were very nice to me. They didn't, you know, they weren't cruel. <laughs> it's an only child syndrome. It's not like you're actually lonely. You just don't have anyone to hang out. You just with. spend a lot of time by yourself. Anyway, so, yes, yes. Did you two own? As an I never had any brothers and sisters. I have stepbrothers and sisters. They were always older. You know? But you, did you, did you, were you aware of being alone as an only child? I think you. You cope with it in a way that you find yourself, you know? Like, I wouldn't be yeah. who I am if I didn't spend so much time alone. Right. right. No, I, I can spend you know? time alone. You think you'd be more normal? I hope not. You know? <laughs> I like who I, I like this. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. I like that. That's I, really I, The world needs you. Did you have brothers and sisters, Kate? I have one fantastic sister. And she's older or younger? One year. One year yeah. what? Older. Older. She's yeah. one year yeah. older. One year okay. Older. And she's where? In she's in Portland, Oregon, with her partner and her three kids, right. and I miss them all the time. All right. Do you get to Portland much to visit them? Not enough. About once a year, usually. Yeah, that's about all you can get away, most people. Yeah. Anyway, there you are being lonely as a child. Yeah, well, you know, like, I, I, I spent my days with uh, all of the 60-year-olds the in my neighborhood, you know, and they would sit and drink beer and smoke cigarettes, and I would sit at the, the kitchen table with them, and they would talk, and... and so, you know, I think that's one reason, like, old people, I relate to them. Were your parents they, ancient or something? No, no, they were very young. In fact, my father was uh, in school at the time, and my mother was working. So they just and, let a whole uh, lot of 60-year-old people into your house while you were there no, it was my, to smoke we, cigarettes? No, we, we lived next door to my grandparents, so it would be my grandparents and then uh, their neighbors, and they were all retired, and so that's how I would spend my days. But, hey. But I'm someone who's, you might notice I'm, I'm a bit needy. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I need human contact, you know. I hadn't noticed that. Oh, well. Um, His hand's you know. on my knee. And <laughs> yeah. the entire show. I don't want to say where you're. I wouldn't get to say anything, man. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do whatever you want down there. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's early, but. Uh, <laughs> they did give you free reign. Yeah. yeah, we're good friends now. Oh, yeah. So. Yes. Grant. Okay, so. How does this? How does this all lead to hosting a podcast? Okay, so anyway, uh, well, I, can, I know where we got and where we, we you got to podcast because you were lonely. Right, right. So, so but before so I, then, I was so asking I you how, how did you how did you assuage your loneliness before you discovered podcasts? Well, or aren't we past that now? We're no. now on to the part of how, how I. No, why, no, we're just going to go back podcast. one more time. Okay, to we're going to what did back. you do in between? Six years old and podcasting to um, stop well, being lonely. Um, played music, you know. That was that was a, a great um, comfort to me. Actually, that that's that's one thing I did. I would sit and, and play my instrument, you know. And then I, I, I started playing piano as a child, and uh -huh. I could entertain myself for hours just playing playing piano. Were you, you know? good? Way back yeah, then? Yeah, no, no. So you were I, a good musician I, from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I was a saxophone player before that. You know, that was my yes. first instrument. I was, you know. Always first chair, always, you know, made like district 
the honor band and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, because I. So you've worked your way down to the bass somehow. Really. Well, I would say I worked my way up to it actually. So I'd, I'd played a couple of different instruments. My father's also a musician, and for Christmas one year he got a uh, a bass as a present because he had a band that was like a organ trio, and his his organist kicked bass pedals. Okay. He didn't have a, an actual bass player, and, and my father thought, well, for some of these rock tunes, it would be good if we had somebody playing bass. So my father thought, well, I'll get one. I'll teach myself to play. Well, he never, he didn't, but I immediately picked it up and started playing. Wow. Then I went to this uh, summer program, uh, the governor's program in Lake Charles, and uh, the orchestra director said, uh, it was actually uh, Tony Kushner's mother, Sylvia Kushner. Tony Kushner, the uh, the writer of uh, Angels in America and right. Lincoln and okay. Munich. He was my counselor there. Tony Kushner, <laughs> Tony was, Kushner your counselor was my counselor. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I wow. immediately latched. Okay. <laughs> I immediately latched onto him, and, yeah. and you know, wow. started hanging around with him all the time. And it was, it was. He, he really hung around the older. What sort kids. of a summer camp? This is a music camp. No, it was. It was. Uh, it was like a school camp. It was a public. Uh, it was subsidized by the state. It was the governor's program for gifted children, if you must okay, know. Okay, so you're a gifted kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was how, digging for that. <laughs> and how did Tony Krishna get involved? Well, he had, he, he was, from here? He, he was, no, he's from Lake Charles, and he was, a, he? Former, he was a former camper. He, went, he, was, he okay. had gone to the, the camp, and his mother, so both of his parents were musicians, and they taught at McNeese State. His father was the, okay. was the orchestra director in Lake Charles okay. and Lafayette, I think. Um, so, so you're a smart kid to start with. Smart ass, yeah. Right. Um, well, you are, a, you are very intelligent, right? Sure. So what, what makes you want to... Is there any outlet for intelligence in a band in New Orleans? Oh, yeah. Or did no, you have every, to... the, the bands I play with, everybody's smart. They are. I don't, yeah, I don't play with anybody that's stupid. I mean, I would, but... but if the money was right. Well, you know, if they're good, good players, like, you know... I, you know, there's different forms of intelligence for sure, you know, and not everybody's verbal. Right. But it, it so happens that, like, yeah, every band I play with, every single person is hilarious and smart. Do you smart. find that, Owen, in the entertainment business, that everyone's smart here? Yes. On the 100%. <laughs> also, because I'm usually the dumbest dude in the room, so I always assume everyone's way smarter than me. Self-deprecating. So. That's a good oh, way. That's a good I assumption to, to make that. <laughs> yeah. So you, were you in a gifted program at school? Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no, I barely, barely graduated anything. You grew up in Thibodeau. Uh, I grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida. I was born in Thibodeau. And then where did you grow up? In St. Pete, Florida. St. Pete, Florida. Yeah. Oh, well, that's where everybody's stupid, right? That's where everyone is stupid. So, so actually, I did pretty well in Florida. Have, yeah. I did really is well that in Florida. True? Is that and then when I came back here, I was now the dumbest dude in the room again. You know? <laughs> is that true that everyone's stupid in Florida, or is that just a terrible cliche? I mean, my mother lives in Florida. I'm not going to say that to her, but... Yeah, but overall, so. you get the sense. Maybe it's just oh, the places that we there. go. They're, they're floor idiots for a reason. You know. It's, Have you ever uh, seen those websites, Florida Man? I made a movie about Pensacola oh, you lifestyle. Did. You know, and it was basically just a play on trailer park life, the <laughs> right. biggest idiot on the planet. You know, and his idiot. That is damn funny. Ensemble, pecan pinwheelie. Yeah. When I've never been to Pensacola. People think that I'm from You've never there. been to Pensacola? No, never been. How did, how did you not ever go to Pensacola? <laughs> I, I think I've driven through it, you know, like going down 10, going back that way. It's but a nice town. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty. I always just see, saw it as just like, oh, my God, there's these giant condos and a Waffle House and a strip mall with a little club in it that plays the same music as everywhere else and a lot of Jimmy Buffett. It's all the water, though, right? That, yeah, so are we. Well, but the United really. States is basically what you just described, replicated every few hundred miles. Yeah, it's the most like uncultural place that I've ever been to. So I, that's why I picked that as the butt of the Pensacola. joke. That whole movie. Yeah, um, I don't think it's that much different from some, a lot of other places. But it, it's a good little. We need movie. to go together. We'll go look around. We'll go look at it. But I can't believe you've never been there. It is fun there, isn't it, Renee? Yeah, yeah, I like the Gulf Coast. Coast yeah, you know? I it's, do too. It's, uh, that's where you get the impression that everyone's pretty stupid because. Well, you know, nice, you've been to Niceville, for example. I, go there? I don't think I have. To put it, okay, so one time that I was passing through there, I asked someone where to eat lunch. Because I wanted to go to, like, the mom and pop spot, the place where that people live there actually go that was banging. Okay. And the lady was like, I don't know, I'm going to Subway. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, you just, yeah. you don't have anything to, you know? like. See, I would have just gone to Waffle House because I love Waffle House. <laughs> They're all the, always the same. You should see the Pensacola Prophet. It's all about Waffle House. It's oh, like no, it's mentioned yeah. about a hundred times. It. It's, it's really a facade to keep everybody out. It's so beautiful there. You know, it's they've gorgeous. got to put up a really trashy thing. Yes. And it's like why? That's the irony. 
Yeah. Why aren't you cooler? Because it's yeah. so pretty here. You that, know? Well, that's well, the irony. You wouldn't it's... have a job. <laughs> yeah. So how does that go in this whole Pensacola Prophet? What? That's a big production. It's like twenty. Well, I'm trying to push it as a pilot because ah. it's about forty minutes long. Yeah. It's done. Like stamp. We premiered it at New Orleans Film Festival. I guess nice. two years ago now, and it's just been sitting around. Uh, I tried to so, start writing some other stuff to move on away from it because that was like a two-year project. Because I was. See it. How yeah. do we see it's it? It's on YouTube. It's on the YouTube now. You can catch it on YouTube. Pensacola, if you search Pensacola, Pensacola Prophet. Prophet, the legend of Pecan Pinwheelie. Pecan Pinwheelie, <laughs> which was started as a band. I was asked to play a show at Siberia, opening for this band called Turquoise Jeep. Which you may not be familiar, but they had like I a know. viral. They had a viral video. Oh, okay. Let me smang it. Let me smang it. Yeah, the smang it dudes. And uh, so they contacted uh, somebody who was like, "I don't want to do that. You should call these barehanded bear handlers guys because they're making funny videos, and they can do it." Man, I, I was watching your rose video today, and I was laughing out loud. Nice, man. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, these guys are fun. I, I had to walk over and tell my and show it to my son. The particularly the, the when when it's the keyboard break, and, and the hands this start thing, flipping thing, over. That's the best. That's the <laughs> funny. So yeah, and you know, like when we were shooting that, I was like, all right, now just go like that. Just do it like that. It's like we was like, we were trying to match it up in time with him playing the actual <laughs> piano, and then Dave is just like, can I just put it over? <laughs> and it was, that's what made the cut. Yeah. Yeah, man, so, nice. so who pays for all this production? You want to see my credit card bill on here? So you're financing all the stuff yeah, yourself. What's that number? You got. Can we yeah. put that on the air? <laughs> oh, my God. What's the, what's the security code number? It's actually, it looks, it, the, what we pride ourselves in is it looks a lot more expensive than it actually is. That so, looks super slick and I know, professional. I know. That's skill. And like that rosé, yeah. maybe $400 to shoot that. Bill. Really? Nice. Yeah. Are you serious? Totally. Totally. So you just bankroll these things yourselves. Because it's like a couple hundred bucks, and I've got four to or five guys behind me. And thing. they'll kick in some stuff. We borrow gear. But there's a huge number of people in all these. Are these all just your friends show? I buy pizza. Yeah, they're home. They're all friends. Now, now Owen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I've, and it's fun. Yeah. You know? Do you find in New Orleans it's, it's easy to get people interested in doing a project like that, but it's hard to get them to follow through? Oh, totally. I, yeah. I think more so in New Orleans than other places. I feel that way. But yeah, also, sure. but the cool thing about New Orleans, too, is that, like, people don't take it that seriously here. So, like, if I was in Los Angeles doing stuff like this, I would have to pay everyone 300 bucks yeah. a day. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Sure. And then, shit, I wouldn't make half as much right. as I've made. Cause right. So how are you making money? That was going to be my next question. I have a day job. I work for, I make a content production for this internet marketing company. I make little videos for their Facebook Porn. Is, that, is it porn involved? There is okay. some naughty language. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so you count. make videos all day for a living. Yeah. Like for the internet, for who? For this company. Uh, Can it's you called say Nibble. the name they're, of it? Uh, it's called Nibble. They're out of New York. They have an office here in New Orleans. Nibble. And the video team is actually in New York. Shout out Frank if you're watching this right now. Right. Uh, and I'm the only video guy here. And at first, I started doing these like hip hop videos for them. They were like kind of stop motion cut out stuff which was cool because I got to put like my sauce on it you know like my hip hop sauce <laughs> but they were basically just like make a video a week and like we'll pay you a salary and, and who are the like, clients nice. what sort of people uh, just internet company BarkBox Zulily fucking ad revenue is all they really bank on they don't I mean the video team doesn't make near as much money as the rest of the company does but I think they just want to have a division that makes videos. You know? well, that's cool. Internet you. world. Can dude, you understand this, Kate? What's going on here? Well, my question was: Is it soul sucking, or is it really okay? Does it support your other work? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, right. No, I I, my, my separate work is really separate from the stuff that I do for them. Okay. There's there's a little bit of my personality. But you get to make right. videos for a living. But I get to make stuff rather yeah. than something out of nothing. Working that's, in the bank, or and whatever. that's a dream come true. Yeah, I'd rather you know. You get to work in your field, and that's incredible. Right. Yeah. And so it's, in that way, it supports cool. what you do. Especially in New Orleans, like not if you're not working in the film industry, doing something like this, where I get to write, act, produce, and edit. Yeah. Right. And get paid. And how do you get to be on Funny or Die, which must be extremely competitive to get on? Did, we went out to L.A. and met with them. Because we had a pitch. It was after we made Jingle Boys. And we had a pitch. Okay, tell me about Jingle Boys. Do you know what Jingle Boys is? I do not. You would love this. It's a web series that I made with uh, my partner in Baron and Bear Handlers, Dave Davis. Shout out Dave Davis. Shout out Mike Kennedy, who pretty much put all of Jingle Boys together. Uh, And then we were like, would would this cool thing be if these 
two idiot characters made dumb jingles for fake businesses in every episode. <laughs> Which is kind of like what it. you do for a living now, Which is I find exactly out. what yeah. I do for a living now. So it all worked out, <laughs> nice. you know? Um, and that, that was cool. That happened a while ago. We made five episodes. So Jingle Boys is what got you on to Funny or Die? Jingle Boys is what got us in the door okay. with Funny or Die. And then they saw the music videos and they were like, oh, damn. Okay, what's Funny or Die? I'm so sorry. I'm oh, behind the goodness. times. They're like here. not as big as they used to be. Is that right? They're not. No, I thought they not. were the sort of the industry standard of online no. comedy. So I'm catching it on now the tail. Now it's YouTube, end. man. Now it's just like just random, just random shit. Like there's no like one-stop shop place to go. Mm. People watch whatever they want to watch. But how would you find someone like you guys? How would you find the Jingle Boys if you didn't go to Funny? It's a million-dollar question, Grant. If knows? we could answer that. Hey, you want to play something? Yeah. Grab the guitar. Let's do a Baron. Well, I'll yeah. do a Baron and a Baron. Okay. Do we have to freestyle April. rap or no? Uh, I mean, you're going to take a solo, right? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I was going to solo over to the bar and get another drink. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't get you a drink without you having to move. Oh, okay. Either. All right. Nice. Someone will get Colin will help hook you up with a drink. Um, shit. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry, I can't hear you for a second. Are you have a little you know, I, I have something to say while he's getting, getting uh, just yeah, right. doubling back to what he was talking about, how he started doing this thing for fun, and then it led to something that, you know, he's, he's, it became a job. And you never know where something's going to lead. You know, like people will say, oh, you want to come do this gig? It's, it's you know, just we're, or come make this recording. I can't pay you. And I'll almost always say yes, because I've wound up, in spots that were totally great and you know very uh, you know lucrative from starting something that from from doing something that that I didn't get paid for in the first place. Oh, I'm and totally with you there. Just any kind of activity right. is always yeah. good, right? So always get say yes. Mo- movement, forward movement. Yes. Um, let me just see if this is gonna blow your microphone away because it's a meaty, it's a meaty old Martin here. Cool? You're cool with that? Okay. All right. Okay, what are you going to play? This is uh, one of our first songs that I think is one of my favorites. It's about old people, and it all kind of ties in with the Florida vibe thing happening. We have a music video. Check it out on YouTube. Platinum Plated Walker. We're in full prosthetic old man makeup the entire time. And we shot it at the old bingo hall out on Airline Highway. It's awesome. It looks looks awesome. I would do that for free. Oh, people did do it for free. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. Been 40 years and no hip to stand on And I don't care, that shit don't bother me I don't need no work, I got the social security When you hit my age, you don't need a cell phone I slang Viagra at a nursing home Yeah, they still let me drive, but there's no need to panic A car crash can't kill me, I survived the Titanic Rolling down the block, no teeth when I smile Keep my left blinker on, for at least a mile how in tarnation do I turn off these wipers? Stop at the gas station, I need more diapers. I'm crabbing, no pinches. I'm snapping with my dentures. I'm a skeezy old geezer on some easy chair adventures. Senior citizens, senior citizens, senior citizens. All my friends are dead. Yeah, my pubes been gray since 1968. And Amelia Earhart, she was my very first date. And the first rhyme I wrote was called Little Bo Peep. Now my little boo's sweet, cause she's got no teeth. Used to be bombs went off, and we all went underground. Well, now I'm dropping bombs in a brand new hover round. Did I ever tell you about back in the day? Huh? What'd you say? All right, all right. And there's no need to shout. What the heck was I talking about? Senior citizens. Senior citizens. Senior citizens, all my friends are dead. Fought in World War II, now I'm coming at you. Gonna kick you in the head with my Velcro shoe. Yeah, I'm jacked up on smacking, doctor says I can't booze. Challenge me to bridge if you're trying to lose. When I sit on the toilet, my nuts hit the water. I ain't no baby daddy, I'm a fucking grandfather. I'm pushing 94, and I'm moving kinda slow. I'm writing 50 cent checks at the grocery store. Huh? Cure for the common cold's a cigarette. 
Can someone please explain where I could buy a fucking internet? Hip-hop making, and I'm old hip breaking. And I seen all y'all's grandmamas naked. Ellie Roosevelt, she knitted me this sweater. Whatever that you do, I used to do it better. Rook to A7, not that one, that's a pawn. Hey, you kids, get off of my lawn. Platinum-plated walker, old lady gawker. Just met my granddaughter's granddaughter's daughter. Platinum-plated walker, old lady gawker. Just met my granddaughter's granddaughter's daughter. I'm crabby, no pinches. Snappy with my ditches. Skeezy old geezer on some measy chair adventures. Senior citizens, senior citizens, senior citizens. All my friends is dead. That's... Oh my goodness! Okay, it's like <laughs> it was originally—it's a rap song, you know. It's not like an acoustic thing. Like it bangs. It's like a right. banger, you know. Yeah, that's it. It's called Platinum Plated. Platinum Walker. Plated Walker. Platinum it's an honor to be Walker. on the show with you, man. Dude, that you guys great. are cool as heck too. <laughs> it's a great song, and you've got a hell of a memory to remember all that. That is the hardest thing about. Ra- I stopped writing rap songs because because <laughs> it was so hard to play them live, and then the pecan thing was actually all rap music. I don't know what I'm talking about. I always keep. Back into it, but That's I don't want very to do funny, that. Renee. What do you think as a professional musician? No, no, I, I love comedy rock, man. It's uh, that, was, that was great, it's hilarious. Um, Did you say that was rock? Because that's awesome, dude. Comedy rock. Fuck yeah. Comedy rock is where it's at, man. Yeah, how come my mic keeps dropping? I don't know. I don't know. That that guy doesn't like me. He's giving me a shitty look over there. That's cool. No, I'm used to it. I I get it. I get it. No, I I, I, I totally understand. Well, you're a professional podcaster now. How often do you make this Um, troubled man We do it once a week. Yeah, yeah. We just did one last night. We had uh, the wonderful guest, uh, Michael Cerevis, on. uh, Okay. He's super challenging. uh, So I'm confused by this podcast of yours because... It's called Troubled Men. Yes. But it's actually focused on a troubled, the troubled man for troubled times who is your co-host. No, it's... Manny it's, Chevrolet. No, it's, he's not the focus. He's, he's my co-host. But it's called that. It's called the Troubled Men Podcast. It's called Troubled Men Podcast, but it's tro- the Troubled Man troubled for Troubled... Men. Right. Yes. But it's, it seems to be with Manny Chevrolet, you call him the future mayor of New Orleans. Well, that's how, what he, that's how he refers to himself. Okay. So I'm just, you know, But on, I don't understand that. why there's no politics on your podcast. You why know, don't you make don't, it Aren't about? we sick of that? Aren't we sick of well, that? I mean, because our, our troubles, I mean, our, our troubles uh, are, are much more primary than, than that, you know? I mean, if it, the, the short answer of why I started this podcast, okay, um, you know, I've, I've been shit-talking in bar rooms and nightclubs all around the world since I'm 14 years old. I finally realized that the, the timeline, the, you know, I was, I was not going to be able to get to everybody. Just okay. one-on-one. Right. So I realized, well, podcasting is going to accelerate my, you know, I can, you know, make friends and enemies at a, at a much more accelerated rate over the podcast. You were just getting short on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and deeper friends and enemies, too. Like, yeah, yeah, really well, deep-seated hate for each other. Yes, and, and love as well, because, you know, I feel like, well, here's the thing. If you're not going to like me, I'd rather you know that sooner. And if you're going to like me, then then please tune into the podcast. And that's the great thing about podcasts. If you don't like it, there's a button that makes it stop. And it's right there next to you. So, you know, we only, don't have that in real politics. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> politics are so boring, you know. But I thought, I, my thought the, idea, the idea would be that if you're going to have a podcast about about being the next mayor of New Orleans, you would want to address oh, the it's issues. Not, that's not what it's There's about. Nothing about it's no. not supposed to no, be the, about that. No, no. The, the short thing is uh, uh, we, talk, we talk about good times and air grievances over cocktails. Okay. So, you know, if, if something cool happens, I'll talk about that. If I get into a beef with someone, I'm probably going to roast you on the podcast, you know, like Look out. somebody gives me a hard time. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to. So, I, I might mention your name. I might not. I might <laughs> say it in a way that everyone will know who I'm talking about or, you know, some people will just wonder, is he talking about me? Maybe. And are you enjoying it? Oh, I'm having a blast. It's so fun. Um, you know, I, I realized I, was, I, I had to go out to Guitar Center to buy a cord for it. This is a couple of months ago, and I was sitting in traffic, and if I'd been going to a gig and somebody told me, Renee, you have to go to Guitar Center at the last minute and get this chord for the gig, right. I would have been furious. But it was for my podcast. I was sitting there happy, and I, and I, I had that, re- that realization. I was like, oh, this is something I enjoy. <laughs> you know, like, so it's kind I of like starting again. Well, it's, it's like finding a new... 
Well, yeah. It's something so, that you're so, excited about. After 20 years of doing it, you might not be so cool about sitting in a traffic well, you on know, the way to your task. 20 years, you're pretty optimistic about my, my whole timeline, I think, at this point. You what know, are you expecting to do with this? What do you mean? With this Troubled Men podcast. You're gonna, it's going to go on forever? Well, I mean, we'll see. I, 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 I would like for it to. I'm, I'm, it, it's becoming more fun all the time for me. It's more interesting. It's, it's, uh, what's fascinating is things that totally unexpected things happen on every single show, including last night's show. I never would have predicted what went down. What and, happened? Well, listen to the podcast. I'm not going to give it away. Where Troubled can, Men podcast. So, you know, it's, it's on iTunes. It's on every, you know, podcast uh, format. If you just look up Troubled Men podcast on uh, Google, you know, you'll see we have a website. And it's, it's, it's hosted so he's going to let it evolve because he's a creative guy and he likes to stay at the edge. And he's smart, like you said. He's going to let it evolve. And like you said, he has no idea what it could turn into. Right. It's like that's a creative process. You did you stay at the edge, Renee? Did yeah, you start out your business, Kate, thinking, knowing what it was going to turn into? Did you start? Absolutely out? not. So how did you get into this? How did you start? Well, I've been involved in dance movement voice type work for a really long time. So I really was, you know, already had moved from kind of the, the sheer performance world into the wellness world, healing arts world, because it was obvious to everybody. You and started off as a, as, a, as a dancer. Yeah, as a performer. As a professional dancer. Yeah. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Alaska originally. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I left in 99. What brought you to New Orleans? Just the magical magnet that is this city. Yeah, I just, I was living, I was working my way, you know, down the coast. Uh, I was living in Bellingham, Seattle, Olympia, where I went to college, and then Portland. You ever spend any time on the trains? You ever ride the rails? Not really, no. no. Okay. Like I mean, in, in Europe, yeah, yeah in Europe. Uh, okay. I no, like I where meant, this is yeah, going. I mean, like train hopping. Yeah, no, uh uh-uh. Nope, okay. nope. Um, but I was. You know, you get doing creative work and doing performance work, and then it was it was such a beautiful experience that I loved and was drawn to. And then I was just tapping into the benefit of a studio in Olympia. It's a five rhythm studio. The ecstatic or healing qualities of those things, and I just it was I was always really attracted to it. So the movement and voice and performance kind of related arm to it all weaves back in now to the core, which is the breath work. So coming back to the breath again. But I had no idea that I would, it's like I said, when I found breath work, it was for my own practice, my own evolution. There were things that I just wasn't getting to the other side of. And were discovering de- breath work. Were you dealing work, with something in your own personal life? Oh, yeah, like everybody. You know, you want to be. Do you have an issue, though? I mean, did you have a single issue that you were trying to deal with? Were you un- well, unhappy about something? Yeah, yeah, certainly. But I think specifically for me is like my you know my template story and it's and it's beautiful and it's kind of just maybe for another time really the like the thing that I leap around about or get excited about is that when I tried breath work there was nothing else represented like that in my life so when I work with people and and I watch them physically and emotionally, psychologically transform from a place of stuckness into a place of vitality where they're trusting themselves, their intuition about how to go about their life. And, you know, like anything else, it's a long road, but this work is the big guns. So it's like the movement and the other branches, like the movement, the voice, the expressive arts component of it is so near and dear to me. But the breath work itself, I consider kind of the big guns. That's really where it becomes powerful. Yeah, um, maybe it might not make for great podcasting, but is there any sort of breath work we can do, all of us together right now, to sort of... Oh, it's trippy. Get high? It, it sounds really good, yeah. yeah. And, and this is fun to play with, too. Some breath workers are like, don't do this at home. You're not going to go into a, you know, I mean, just... So the thing about this breath is that it's cyclic. There's no pause. And I do heavy breathing on accident now in public. It's horrible because I just am used to this process so heavy much. Heavy breathing so. on accident. Yeah, yeah. I have to write it's, that it's down, really too. Creepy. So we're it's not really going creepy. on, like, hyperventilating <laughs> ourselves, huh? Yeah. No, you would think so because it's faster than normal breathing, but okay. it's actually not hyperventilating. It's hypoventilating. Hypo. Which, yeah. Hypoventilating. You want to hear it? You want to breathe yes, into the mic? Yes, All right, so it. it's faster than normal breathing without pause, and it sounds like this. Should we follow with you? Now we're going to speed it up now. So, well, that's going in. 
fill the whole heart center. I want to see you guys puff out the chest. Beautiful. So really, you're filling. Alan's not looking too good. All right, we go we go another couple minutes. No, couple of uh, minutes. No, no. So it's so okay. this process. I mean, that's you're really filling Sarah, the did upper. you feel anything? I'm lightheaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Alan, you all right? Yeah, no, it feels good yeah, though. Yeah. It feels warm. So even after, sensation. yep, absolutely. Uh, even after a couple of minutes of this kind of breath, you can start to feel tingles in your body. You start to feel does my the face physiology. Look red? Well, that could not be more than usual. Not yeah. more than usual. Looks like a cocktail See, and a half <laughs> worth of rosiness. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. You feel red? Yeah. Pretty, pretty hot. red. You, you, feel hot. you look red. a bit hot. Yeah. 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 You look a bit red. So, so you can tell, I mean, okay. just after a couple of minutes of this facilitated work, or you can, you know, like I said, try it on your own, but you are actually moving the brain activity to a different part of the brain, and you're starting to have Is an experience. Is this actual science? You're moving the brain Absolutely. activity I'm to so a different part of the that. brain. So there's so much... And thankfully, because there's, you know, the so much modern trauma science research now and Peter Levine and um, and thanks to Stanislav, Stanislav Graf and those, Goff, just right, bring right, those people. But Jim Morningstar through Transformations USA, who are my teachers. Okay, so just go Milwaukee. back to moving. What did you say about the brain again? Moving the brain, the brain activity, activity to another part of the brain. Yep. What yep. does that actually mean? So when you take a brain scan, you're looking at and somebody's thinking or doing something, yes. and you change what they're doing, and you'll notice the differences in the brain. So, so if I'm doing something like what? Brain, if I'm writing if you're thinking on this about piece something. of paper, thinking about if something. If you're like most of us live in the frontal cortex, we have thoughts, judgments, okay. realizations, and we're strategizing. You can strategizing see that in the front of my brain. Yeah, you watch the brain activity. So if okay. you take a brain scan, right. and somebody is doing those things, being right. having a normal experience, then it's activated in that front part okay. of the brain. When you start to alter your consciousness, and this is also where it gets really interesting, is, is the, brain, the activity in the brain looks similar when somebody's had an experience of the conscious connected breath in this manner that it does when people have taken a plant-based medicine or hallucinogen. So you're altering That's your consciousness. Free. How much does it cost to go to you? Cheaper uh, than Private sessions week? are 70. Those last about three hours. And I do groups. Okay. It's pretty good price That's for three hours. Kind yeah. of an impertinent question, don't you yeah, think, Grant? Yeah. Not really, because I'm mean, <laughs> well, hey, it's cheaper for, than drugs. Well, hey, oh, okay. you, you got to know how to pick your, choose your medicine. No, and the thing about that, too, is and I've had this conversation recently in a situation like this, just hanging out, talking to people who are like, you know, really touting the benefits of the hallucinogens, which I love and I think is very, very important for modern psychiatry and psychology and how we look at plant-based medicines. But if you have the, the full integrated body and you're not just altering your neurobiology and your brain's activity, but you have the full physical experience, which can be very, very weird in this whole cycle, then you're actually ha getting at every level of the experience. So you're not just having an experience in the brain chemistry, whether you go back to normal, and you still have trauma in the body. You still have limitation living in the body. Okay. With the breath work, you get at the physical trauma in the cell of the body. That's the difference. It's just more okay. long lasting. So you're saying that you can, this is a whole mind-body cure of for whatever, for stuckness especially. It does come at it from a lot of different levels. And from what I've seen, it is the most effective way to treat the whole person in their trauma, for sure. So how do people find you? How do you find clients? Well, my website, so my website is theradiantshadow.com. Uh-huh. Okay. And like I said, the, the, the groups and the sessions in Breathwork are really the core of what I do. And it's really the inspiration from having these experiences and seeing how it plays out in the lives of people that I'm working with is I'm leaping out of my chair to talk about that. But also there's ways to get into the body and to connect and to feel a sense of wellness. So the two classes, like I, this is kind of how I consider it. It's the, the breath work is the big guns. You do the session, you get through some major, major shifts and blockages and you can kind of come out on the other side. The classes are like maintenance. That's like we all have to stay, you know, somewhat aware or go deep, at least, you know, every now and again. So it's the maintenance classes, the radical dance aerobics class. Radical dance aerobics. Did you say the radiant shadow or just radiant shadow? The, the radiant, radiant. The radiant shadow.com. Yeah. So radical the, dance aerobic. 
Yeah, do I get to talk about that now? Is that something different? I thought that's what you no. were talking about. No, no, no. So, so the Radical Dance Aerobics class um, is it's a, it's a lead and follow style aerobics class. And so this is what... And when I had that idea, it was like, what is wrong with me? I'm listening to pop music. I'm doing these cheese ball routines. And I was like, you know what? I have to trust this. I feel really good about it. And a year later, it's two years now since this class, the facilitation style address is not just, we're not just getting exercise. We're in there, we're, you know, we're kind of hooting and hollering. You know, there's a lot that goes on for people in this class. And it's facilitated not just with the, you know, the emphasis on the physical body, but also the emotional body. And what is going on that's, that's you know, like I say in every avenue, that feels like a limitation. And so it's a really empowering space. Okay. So you're like a mind-body connection healer. What kind of hooting and hollering go down in this, this you thing? You gotta come, Owen. Is it like, ah, or like yelling, or? Uh, it's really the way that it is now. It's like, it's, it's, it's like people get inspired. I'm just not, I'm not kidding. It's, I've never seen this in a, in a dance or an aerobics class before. People are inspired to like do the yell. If it goes with the motion, they'll do the yell. And it brings up more than you would think. It's like ayahuasca or something. Mm. That's more like the breath work. This is more like you are having the best time at a party that you could ever remember having without inhibitions. And so there's this whole community well, that's, that's grown up question. around That's a good question, inhibitions. It. How do you get people to lose their inhibitions in a class like this when you just show up there? At what time of the day is this? So it's, it's 7 o'clock on Monday nights. Okay. And you can't get people to lose their inhibition necessarily. It has to be an invitation that people feel comfortable and safe. But these people who, a lot of the people who've been coming to this class, they create the environment, you know, so you give whoever's standing next to you permission to go deep if you're going deep. And so it's actually, the, they I'm too self-conscious to do that sort of thing. Would you do that, Renee? You'll have to do a one-on-one. <laughs> yeah, probably, you know, I, I mean, not right now, but, uh, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're in the group and everybody's doing it, it's, you know, that's... It, have you done I, something I, like this? I mean, you know, I, 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 I go to synagogue, I pray, you know, I do, I play music with, with musicians. That's a communal act, you know, that's a thing that's that true. people, you know, you think, well, how do you lose your inhibitions to get up and do this very intimate thing, playing music in front of people? Well, that's, that's part of what you learn as a musician is to get comfortable doing that. And yeah, you know, it's a... Uh, it's it a bit different good. being. It's, is it therapy though? Playing music. Oh, it's totally therapy. therapy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It really. It feels like the most divine experience to, to me. It's. It's. You know. It's. It's. It's that kind of. You know. Expression of, right. of divinity. And yeah, that's what we're talking about. It's like that's what your thing is. Definitely. It's, definitely. You know. It's all. And, and even just to say, the music is such a huge part of what I do in the breathwork process. There's a whole arc and a guide. And then, in you know, of course, my other two dance classes. And even in the Kundalini Yoga, we use a lot of music. And my dream right now that I'm just at the very, very edge of, it's like the beginning of it, is to be doing group breathwork sessions with live musicians. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So everybody... Uh, would I want to fit in there? Would he go and play something? I think that the, the left-handed of the absurd, that uh-huh. this is part of the spiritual path is really, is always needed. I would That's just want to be sign. able to like bring it out of someone and be like, you just keep digging deeper and you go deeper. <laughs> I think <laughs> Owen can be... Owen's going to be our... our, our He's going to coach us through, through some of these Well, there's nothing altering. much more cathartic than comedy when you think about Absolutely. it. Or, you know, like a hairy, you know, guy like me yelling <laughs> well, at you and to breathe deeper. Well, and things go on. I mean, in, the, in a breathwork session in, in particular, but even in classes, you know, people will just be laughing hysterically. It's like things get revealed, including the cosmic joke, you know, things you've been struggling with for a long time. All right. of a sudden, on the other side of it, it's hilarious. And yes. the the most intense creativity can be the result of this, where people are not only expressing themselves, but they're just tangled up in the web of and the absurdity, the humor, all of that. Are you single? No. Who's your boyfriend or girlfriend? Not even gonna go there. Not even gonna go. There. <laughs> how long have you been? How long have you been? I can't call him out I on the radio. Interested, I'm interested to know what kind of person what the, what a relationship would be like to be. So it's it is intense. So yeah, working in the think. field of transformation, where you kind of are in. Oh, this is like therapy. Thank you. So you're in and out of situations where people are moving through intense traumas, whether we know exactly what it's related to or not, and kind of 
facing some of their biggest fears, really there's nowhere to hide. The breath is a very intense experience, and people go through all kinds of physical, emotional, psychological revelations. I mean, this is intense work. That's why I right. say it's the big gun. This is why so I'm saying it must be pretty tough to be in a relationship with you because there's no real room for bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's true. I think that it's. So, it's, what kind of guy is keeping up with you? Well, he has a lot of experience in uh, managing and working with intensity. He's an artist too. Okay. And this will be interesting to listen to later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it must be pretty cool to be able to have these kind of conversations with somebody though, who you're in a couple with. It's incredibly Presumably important. Presumably, you could get a lot yeah. further than most of us. In our relationship. It's important to, to be seen and heard and understood and be able to be supported by somebody who kind of gets that deep dive because it does get very intense and it does feel like there's a lot of balls in the air at once. And with all the different arms of what I do, I feel like it's really important to have the support coming from someone who is a really, really open right. person. Okay. Well, we'll have him on next week. Great. Um, nice. Okay. You'd love to be on the Alan, show. Alan, you want to play something? Before we have to get out of here, you want to do one more? Yeah, I can do, do one more. What do you think? Okay. If you'd like that. Okay. Yeah, we would. Would you like that, Kate? What I would say? love that. Renee? I'm sure, excited already. Yeah. Okay. You so, can... um, you know, in, in the meantime, I'll talk yes. about, you know, uh, I play in the Iguanas. That's my main band. Right. In that band for 28 years. And uh, we have a steady gig every Wednesday at the Circle Bar between oh. 7 and 10. So that's where I'm going after this. Oh, and you're playing every Wednesday at the Circle Bar Wednesday. with the Iguanas. Wow. Yeah, Iguanas the Iguanas are still 10. great. Oh, yeah. They've been like a popular New Orleans band for how? Well, since 1990? Um, uh, yes. uh, yeah, I joined in 1990. Yeah. yeah they were, they were, were they going before that? Yeah, they, they played around for about a year, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, solidifying the lineup, you know, trying about, had a, a, a string of different bass players right. before they ran into me, and, and they couldn't say no. That's a cool band. It's still a cool band. I saw oh, you yeah. guys playing the other night at some weird place at the Pinball Church. Oh yeah, the Pen Church. Pen yeah, that's church. that's a very interesting that was experience. Totally yeah, yeah. weird scene as well. Yeah, the, I, I love pinball. I actually have a pinball machine in my home. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I okay. have the, uh, the Royal Flush machine. It's okay. One of the best. They have they have a working version as well. Have the, you ever the, been the to the Rock church. and Roll Hall of Fame? Have you seen the pinball room there? I have been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And yeah, like, all the pinball machines that they got in there. I don't know if I remember yeah, that it's part. The, it was the coolest part about. I went there a couple months ago. Was, oh, okay. What about Renee? What about the Geraniums? Can I ask? I just yes. love that band. I love that band too. That uh, you know the Geraniums, as far as like a spiritual experience, you know that yeah. that that band really is is right up there. So, yeah, I've been playing with the Geraniums for like 20 years. It's uh, Brendan Gallagher is the singer. He's the he writes all the lyrics. Jeff Treffinger, who had. Uh, they both actually were owners of the Mermaid Lounge, which was like our clubhouse down there when nothing was on that Legendary. on that street. You know, the first time they 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 uh, told me to go down there, I thought this is a good place to to dump a body and nothing else. You know, like nobody will ever come to this place, but it wound up being such a great scene. Played so many great gigs there, but but yeah, the uh, yeah the the geraniums have a huge catalog, and we actually have like two records worth of material that's never been released that Jeff and I and, and Brendan are going to start leaking out, you know, a song at a time pretty soon. Wow, can't and, wait. And we actually have a gig coming up at uh, at the Circle Bar, and um, I'll figure out while, uh, while Owen's the playing day. the song. Okay. Text it to Owen, us. what are you playing? Um, this is a slowed, slowed down song. It's more of a country ballad, I suppose. More folky. We'll take a departure from the rap stuff for a second. It's, um... It's about my, my Aunt Millie, who is in a drug cartel. Nice. Well, Uncle Willie spoke the word of the gospel And Aunt Millie had ties to the cartel While Uncle Willie was a preaching, she was pushing hashishin. Or Willie, he never didn't know. Well, the street name was La Diabla, donde aprende español, I don't know. She was moving kilos right under our nose. Poor Willie. 
he never didn't know But looking back it all was so apparent And looking back it all was so clear She was moving kilos of meth crack and blow With selling drugs all them years Well my daddy was the first to condemn her And mama begged her to go away I still can't believe On that one Christmas Eve When Santa slept Red D.E.A. This is your solo right here, baby. <laughs> well, looking back, it all was so apparent And looking back, it all was so clear She was moving kilos of meth, crack, and blow Millie's been selling drugs all them years Oh, I remember it now Well, Millie got pinched in Miami But I never once saw my uncle cry And that's when it hit me Uncle Willie drives a Bentley And he's been in on the game that whole time And that's when it hit me Uncle Willie drives a Bentley and in on the game that whole time. Right? I, sorry, I messed oh, that man. last verse up, Very dude. Nice. I, that was great. So good. Uh, Thank you. What's the name of that song? Huh? That's called My Aunt Millie Sells Drugs. Ah, oh, very nice. My I don't Millie. even have an Aunt Millie, by the way. <laughs> well, just as well. Just as well. Okay. That was a great note to go out on. Before we leave here, let me just tell you a couple of things here. I just gotta write that down. My Aunt Millie sells drugs. That's actually not even recorded. I just kind of I'm working on some new country stuff. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, I got new stuff. Are you going down, down the pipeline? The, you going down the country road? I love country music. Man. Yeah, well, I've always would? loved country music. What's not to like? Yeah, yeah, it's the best. It is great. Well, you do it really well. Yeah, Thanks. that's a great. Well, I'm glad that we got to hear it here first on Happy Hour. This is the first time it's ever it gone out. through a microphone. Yeah, yeah. I got right. maybe played it live once or twice. But we don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay, no one's recording it. We're the first. Yeah, that was great. The first worldwide. Hey, before we get out of here, thank you very much to Basics Swim and Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. Basics Swim and Gym is next to the lingerie store, Basics, underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. Thanks to the Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product that's medically proven to prevent a hangover. You can go to hdestroyer.com and write happy hour on the coupon code and get 30% off of your first order of Hangover Destroyer. Thanks to the Positive Vibrations Foundation, who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage, and reminding you, if you'd like to be a part of our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour, and for as little as $1 a month, you can be a member of our Happy Hour family and get all sorts of exclusive stuff. If you're looking for Andrew Duhon, he's out on the West Coast this week going through his uh, alternative career as guy. a singer-songwriter. If you're looking for him, go to andrewduhon.com. He's somewhere on, on the West Coast. And if this weekend, if you're looking to do something here in New Orleans, there's the David Bowie burlesque tribute at One-Eyed Jacks on Saturday night, the January the 12th. It's the third annual celebration of burlesque and Bowie produced by Rory Calais from Vox and the Hound and Darcy Miller and the Tangle and Bella Blue. There's two shows, 8 and 10.30. You can get more info from One-Eyed Jacks website and that's been happy hour anything else you'd like to mention before we get out of here kate just thank you so much please visit hey, my welcome. website yeah. kate becker from what is the name of your website the the radiant the radiant shadow that sounds like a sort of a tv show doesn't it sounds Could lovely be. maybe it, it should be the radiant shadow.com <laughs> and owen lejean from bare handle bare bare handed bare handed <laughs> yeah. 
bear handlers. Thank you, Grant. This is very cool. Yeah, and thank you, dude. Your hand is shaking. You've been holding that gimbo the whole time right over my shoulder. That's that Asher is... Griffith, number one. Yeah, you're the bomb. All right. And Renee Coleman from the Iguanas and the Troubled Men podcast yes. has been here Troubled as well. Troubled Men podcast, iguanas.com. And uh, yesterday was David, birthday, David Bowie's birthday. We love you, David. Oh, we that's why they're so doing much. this. Yes, he's, it's a sad loss, yes, that's for sure. Yes. All right. Thank he you so much. so much. He I know. Did so you much. hear that last album he did before it's he fantastic. died? Oh, you know, God. David... He taught us how to how to live when when he was younger. He taught us how to to age, and ultimately he taught us how to die. You know, and and uh, well put. I, I, we can never repay that. Well put, Renee. Nice. Nice. That's been happy hour for another week. It's been our first show in 2019. Pretty good time to come back, I think. Good job, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our music producers are Christian Unruh and Monique Pyle. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Our Facebook Live feed director is Asher Griffith. We put this whole thing on Facebook Live. If you didn't see it on Facebook Live, go to our It's New Orleans Facebook page and you can find it. Andrew Searock. Searock is our fact checker and social media connector. And our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can check out many other hours of Happy Hour we recorded previously, as well as some other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast about death, Death the Podcast, and many other podcasts as well. You can find other great Louisiana podcasts too at acadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and uh, Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Facebook page and Instagram account. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you go on to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. If you listen to us on on Spotify, you can follow us and get Happy Hour delivered each week. The show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of Iron Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for Andrew Duhon, as I said, is out somewhere on the West Coast. Everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office, Iron Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.